Left. Right. Yo, what is up, guys? This is episode 107 of Sip Talk. I think we got uh, some interesting topics. And uh, what I am curious for is I'm curious to know what you think of the episode. So let me know in the comments. Shoot me a DM. Shoot me a, shoot me a text. Let me know what you think of the episode. Let me know what you guys want to hear about. I'm trying to cover some current events. Today we're covering meat. <laughs> the meat shortage, uh, impending meat shortage. It looks like a vegetarian summer. Uh, listen on, you'll find out exactly what I mean. But thank you guys for coming, and uh, I'll see you on the other end. See you. This is Sip Talk. Grab a drink and enjoy. Cheers. Cheers. Welcome, James. Welcome, everyone. This is episode 107 of Sip Talk. Uh, my name is Justin DiGiulio, and I, as always, am joined by James the Bosnator Boswell out of Charleston, South Carolina, accountant extraordinaire, philosopher, referee, and bartender, all at the professional level. Very skilled. Glad to have you here today, James. How's it going down there in South Carolina? Pretty relaxed. Nothing like starting off a week knowing that it's only a four-day week. Dude, I thought it was Mon- I thought it was Monday all day long. Oh, I totally did too. <laughs> I'll be glad when it's Friday and I feel like you know, I still got more to go and I realize the week is, is pretty much over. I mean, not that I'm not always working, but I still like to embrace those you know, the, the weekend coming feeling and, uh, and then the weekend going feeling is always not, not a great one, but Sunday nights kind of suck, but since I'm always working, it's all really, it's, you know, it's all really the same. I, uh, I, I planted some grass yesterday. Um, well, I told you I had the dirt. No, we talked about the dirt. I had the dirt delivered. <laughs> yeah. This is a real cloud. Freezer. Well, yeah, I'm sure it was. I had the dirt delivered. It was, it was bad dirt. Came with a lot of rocks in it, a lot of debris in it. And it was an insane amount of dirt. So I, I got the machine, I spread it across the yard, but I, it, needed, I, it needed a little more fine tuning than I could do with the giant machine. So what I had to do was shovel it out a little bit more. And then I had to get the metal rake and then grade it out, which, uh, which I managed to do over the course of most of yesterday. And then I planted the grass seed. And now in the grass seed package, it says you got to water it every single day so hope for this, rain after this i'll be going out and and watering it again yeah i'm yeah. really uh i'm really hoping for rain so fingers Here, you'll like this one what's that so, uh, i matched with a girl uh, on bumble she she lives in new york city and she's going to be coming to charleston at the end of the month and so we're trying to set up a time to do like a video chat or something um to see if we get along and i think this is a great opportunity to, to test the long-standing hypothesis that women can find me unattractive from a thousand miles away. Yeah, well, fair enough. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to argue with you on that one. <clears throat> I think um, it's a solid hypothesis. Um, yeah, but, uh, but good for you. It's, one of those, uh, it's, it's like gravity where like intuitively you know it to be true, but there's always still experiments that you can do to refine it. But you know, good good for her to have the. See, I I never really been, I've never really embraced the online dating thing. Um, but to her to have the forethought 
to like change her destination zip code to be date, you know, to be setting up dates in, you know, in a different, uh, different state like that. Uh, yeah. The, the, well, the, the apps have a travel mode where you can basically say like, yeah, I'm going to be in such and such a city. So you can kind of front run your swipes. Interesting. I, you know, I would never have, uh, I never would have thought about that. Um, it just wouldn't, wouldn't have been, uh, wouldn't have been on my radar. So, uh, when, oh, you haven't had the date yet. No. Mm. Now, from someone who's who's not really familiar with the online dating thing, not that I haven't done it in the in the distant past, but I'm just not. I've never been any good at it, and and it's not really my thing. Probably because I'm not good at it. But now you're introducing the element of doing a video call first, mm-hmm. or you know, you're that now you're completely circumventing that awkward like you meet the person the first time, and, and you in a public place. Like that's awkward because yeah, but it's, it's still awkward because it's a video chat. And like, but my, uh, that's um, it, there's a new element to it. Uh, what I'm saying is you're circumventing the the second, you know, the, the original first part where you meet this person in a in a public place. It's awkward and it's awkward in a public place, and then you got to kind of make it you you ease into the decreasing of the awkwardness. So, how does that work? On a, you're going to do, you have to do Zoom. You don't have an Apple phone, so there's no FaceTime. There's a couple other options. I think Bumble actually has a video chat integrated into the application. So, oh, that would be, try that. that would be brilliant because it would be like, uh, you know, trying to match somebody up who's got a FaceTime phone, somebody else that wants to do a Skype, somebody does a Google Hangout or a Nap meeting. This yeah. is it's a lot of software involved. So, no, I'm sure it's going to be plenty awkward, but I, I, think this is a great idea because it'll allow us to figure out whether or not it's a waste of time immediately are you going to be entertaining her from your bedroom um well since (laughs) it's with my phone i can do it from wherever but more likely than not it'll be here i'd prefer to do it on zoom so i can use my webcam and have a 32 inch screen instead of like a three inch (laughs) screen ah oh yes but so that would make sense now that would completely make sense to me however if she's hunched over having this conversation on her phone, right? And you're kicked back, like, you know, in this relaxed, almost like you're at work situation, you guys are effectively in different settings on the same date. Yeah, I'm, I, I'd so, rather start with the advantage. But that may not give you, that may give you a disadvantage. It could be awkward for her. And, and, you know, and the thing about dating is that you may have an advantage or disadvantage, but at the end of the day, it needs to work you know out what? between the two of you. It's probably a good thing that it starts off awkward for her because it's not going to improve. <laughs> you, <laughs> you make a really good point. I'm sorry to laugh so, so hard, but you, but you know it's true. That's why I said it. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> whoops. Um, right, I want to uh, do a quick shout out to those of you who are watching on TikTok. I see, uh, I see you TikTok guys there. I can see this is the camera. This is a TikTok screen. Um, I want to say hi to you guys say on, hi to Audrey. on the Instagram feed. Uh, my Instagram feed is the same feed we have here and the Instagram, um, comments and the Facebook comments are being monitored. So if you guys want to comment that way, let me know. Um, Rosh will let me know what you guys are saying. He'll let James know what you're saying in our chat here. Say hi uh, to Audrey and pump the call-in feature. Pump the call-in feature. So 
I'll have Rosh put the number. You know, at last I noticed last time I didn't give enough shout out to Rosh uh, at the end as a big thanks. We didn't we didn't get a call in, but he was there pumping the call in the whole time. Uh, the call in number is you have to text two one two two three nine one eight three nine. And uh, you'll get a message back with how to uh, with how to access the call-in feature. So if you want to ask live questions, you want to ask James about his dating life, he's an open book. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he'd be gl- he'd be glad to be uh, an open book. He can tell you about some internet dating, um, which you know I feel I feel like this last year either worked out really really well for some people who just like or just didn't give a fuck and they're like yeah i'm just gonna keep dating like normal and then it didn't work out for the people that were like very scared very pro mask um you know i I wasn't anti-mask but i wasn't afraid to just go out and do the normal thing you still wearing your mask out in public um yes i was in a store the other day and it was uh, i was in wegmans you know what wegmans is heard of it it's a nice it's a really nice just grocery store uh it's like a whole foods but less pretentious but then everybody else who tells me about wegmans tells me how pretentious it is so either i'm being pretentious or i'm just un- unaware and unassuming when i'm there so i'll have to pay more attention next time i go by. but i was at a wegmans and that that it being a pretentious store and there's a guy walking around with no mask on so and nobody was giving them a hard time. So who, I don't know what this has been a lot less people wearing masks down here. I still wear it mostly just because I've come to like it. Oh, I hate it. I don't like the feeling of it. I just like the, the increased anonymity. I, I mean, I see that. I don't like that. I, you know, I, I, and, and also, I have probably a little more facial hair than you do. So that's another thing that people, a lot of people may not understand is the having of the facial hair and how fast your hair grows my hair my hair grows really fast i shave my head every single day and by the end of the day it you know it's got like this kind of velcro velcroness to it same thing with my face that's not i would rather have two three four days of of growth on my face um than a fresh shave every day because by the end of the day it's catching in the mask and i couldn't i couldn't wear the the blue and white ones because by the end of the day, they all, they all, all the fabric would come out of the mask. So I, oh, your, your stubble would rip it up. Yeah, it was, it would, and, and it would, but it would like tingle on my face because yeah. the, the little pieces of, of cotton or whatever, the fibers in there would tickle my freaking face. Oh, yeah, that made me so mad. To get to your level of stubble in one day would take me, usually <laughs> takes me like five or six days. <laughs> well, you know, maybe it's a protein intake. I don't, I don't know. Um, I've been, tr- I've been trying to, I've been trying yeah. to. Lisa, I, I see you like my optimism. I look at it more as realism. <laughs> like, um, <laughs> self-awareness. Yeah. We were talking, I was playing golf yesterday and uh, with two of my friends and they were both talking about how like ghosting is this relatively recent thing. And I was trying to convince them that it's not a bad thing if you get ghosted because it, the, the alternatives are worse. Well, to, to, there's a comment, Echo's comment, how, how fast does your head gr- hair grow? Where my head hair grows, it grows fast. <laughs> Where it doesn't grow fast, it doesn't grow fast at all. Um, but the thing about ghosting is there's, I think it's an empathy thing. I think, you know, if you, if you lack empathy, it's easier to do. And I think, 
you know, they're saying that uh, the increased consumption of plastics and microplastics is is making people's penises smaller. Uh, no, sperm and, count lower. And, and lowering also smaller. I don't know. No, no, no. Definitely it, sperm it, count lower. But sperm count, testosterone, and penis size. Um, they all kind of group together. But again, this is a that's cool a way to get politicians to care about the planet. I don't think a lot of politicians have big dicks. I'm, I'm, oh yeah, never mind. Those are yeah. affect us. <laughs> but uh, but I think a lot. You know, a, another correlation with the plastic consumption could be decreased empathy. Um, you know, and 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 that might be. There's a certain level of just not giving a fuck that that people. Well, you know, and and they think it's a good thing. No, there's another factor here that like. So I agree with you on the empathy th- point. But I also think that, especially the younger generation, uh, I'm, I don't think I'm going out on a limb here and saying that they're a more anxious bunch. Oh, yeah, I would say so. And having to break up with somebody and like can be anxiety producing because you know that you're going to be hurting someone's feelings because they obviously care more about the relationship than you do. That's why you're ending it, not them. And so the anxiety of having to hurt somebody, it's easier to ghost and never have to have that conversation and confront somebody about it. I see where you're going with that, but but I think I'm not saying I'd, you're wrong. I'm I'd like to, but every, the comments are saying ghosting is bad. Be an adult. Communicate. Hey, this isn't working out for me. Um, well, that's the I, ideal. If you can, but do then that, there's great. another one that says, "Sure, I should be a guest and talk about ghosts." I'd like to invite somebody on who's a chronic ghoster. And I'd like to I'd like to know what your mentality is in when when you decide that it's okay to because I think one people are crushed when they get ghosted and what you said was it's probably a good thing that it happened because like it it wasn't it one that person could be a piece of shit and but that's why I want to interview somebody who who is a chronic ghoster that person could be a piece of shit but more likely than not it probably wasn't going to work out. Right. That's that's what I'm saying is like, obviously, the best way to do it is to be mature about it and say, hey, I appreciate spending time with you. I'm glad that we met, but this I'm not seeing this go the same direction you are. So I don't think it's going to work out. If you can, you can deliver a line, something like that, that's perfect. But uh, if you well, don't have but like the alternative is either that ghosting or doing something worse either cheating on somebody or telling them all the ways in which they suck or whatever you know what that doesn't help so well the I'm, breaking, and i'm not one who ghosts breaking, but, breaking up with people is a very very difficult endeavor um you know it's it's and it's, and i especially mean that when the relationship's not one side you know or when when the other person doesn't realize a relationship sucks, when it's when it's a one-sided relationship per se, as in that person's fully into it and you have to break their heart. Um, and, you know, prolonging that is also just as shitty as, as not being able to, you know, or, or, you know, cutting them off immediately. But breaking up with people is definitely something that's hard to do. Um, but it dep- I think ghosting must be an easier thing early into a relationship. I think I it's think very it's unheard. Behavior, I, I think I'm, it's almost unheard of at the the you know what do you say six month mark, depending how often you're if you're seeing that person at least once a week or more often for six months. I I, I can't imagine you, it would be very easy to ghost somebody at that point at that six month mark. Yeah, you, I think the longer it goes on, the harder it's going to be to pull <laughs> off. Um, but like I was kind of ghosted about two or three weeks ago. 
and like I'm not upset about it at all like that I, I think that if you're if you're being ghosted you need to look at it in a positive way which is look clearly this wasn't going anywhere and so the other person is doing me a favor by doing this in the least confrontational least hurtful way I might not get an explanation but the point is I don't need an explanation I've got my answer and now it's time for me to move on but it could have been worse and at the same time now that I've been ghosted I'm free to explore different and by definition, better opportunities. That's a question. So if you guys are watching in the live and we, I see you guys on Instagram and I see you guys over here in TikTok, what's the longest you've been in a relationship and been ghosted? Because my, my thinking is that over the six month mark is, is so how can I ask how long your, uh, your situation was before the ghosting happened? Somewhere between six and eight weeks. Okay. So that's a, wow. Okay. Uh, six. That's a kind of a big gap, though. I don't, know, I don't remember. Well, yeah. Um, Let, let's call it two months. Okay, yeah. Let, okay. Let's just call it two months. I don't know. If two it, months still seems a bit on the. It depends on how often you're hanging out with that person, and how intertwined. Two intertwined or three times a week. Are. Yeah, two or three times a week is a lot to just stop talking to somebody. I don't know, you know, and and I you you knew my story about how that you know I I once did that before. Yeah, but you had good reason. I but but that was from my perspective, not from the other person's. And then I sent them a a LinkedIn invite email once every Whoa. three or four months. Yeah, <laughs> completely by accident, but <laughs> well, yeah, not not a good move. Yeah, yeah, I know that. Um. Uh, yeah, I'd love to have someone call in and get get their thoughts on this one or just see what the chat has to say about this because I've found that what, now that I've changed my thinking about this, I feel happier. Well, look, uh, I knew a guy over a year and then dated for almost six months, and then you were ghosted? That's uh, Samari on TikTok. Uh, but <laughs> I didn't think we were going to be talking about ghosting. I thought we were going to be talking about I thought we were going to be talking about beef today <laughs> oh well i mean if you want to change topics i saw a picture on, on reddit of a worker at a target store and they're in the break room and they're sitting at like one of the break tables one of those like kind of just uh particle board picnic tables and mm-hmm. they're sitting at their chair and they're like this just forehead down on the forehead down on the table Okay. And in the in the caption was just like, like I think we've all felt like this at one point, and it made me think about work and how, okay. like, in 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 one hand, I'm looking at it and saying any job that makes you feel like that during your 15 minute break, where you just put your forehead down on a desk and either stare at the floor or close your eyes, is a terrible job. But then I also thought, what was working conditions like 100, 200? 400 years ago and how bad is it today really well that's the perspective thing and that's why you have people that are super you're saying how people now are more anxious and have less empathy and but life is so easy now hold on a sec we got a comment that we got to address i ghosted my first wife after seven years of marriage i think what he means to say is he left his country and uh and came here his english is not very good (laughs) 
Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. All right, back to what you were saying. <laughs> thank you, thank you for that echo. I appreciate that. Um, it's, uh, but I think life is so easy right now. So that if you have a job or you work, at, look, if you work at Target, man, I'm sorry. Like, what's how? First off, nothing you can do at Target can qualify as intense physical labor. It may be light physical labor but I will stress the light aspect of it. Now, if you're loading or, you, you know, you're working for the, the channel that, you know, brings things to the shipping channel that, that ships things to the store. That's if you're cracking freight all day, that's tough. Yeah. If you're working at, you know, the freight, that's, that's a different side of it. I'm talking about the in-store, you've got a name badge got a red shirt and, and you get to sit in the break room next to the microwave and you have time to put your head down for your 15 minute break. My thinking is, is that, if you're finding this strenuous, then then you have a very loose definition of strenuous. I don't think it's and, the physical aspect. Well, I don't, well, of the that's job. my point. Is what aspect of it is strenuous, and is it is it people asking you questions all day? No, yeah, it's, it's not that. Well, in, oh. enlighten me because I can't think that that can be that bad. And I think at a certain point you're going to get so pissed off yeah. that you need to so, find another job. I think what what people find frustrating about working big box retail jobs is the dehumanizing aspect of it where. Oh yeah. Good one. All right. All right. Where, first of all, you're, you're dealing with the general public and we're going to take a selection here. This is the general public that shops at target. Was well, that better than the general public that shops at Walmart? Most people would argue. Yes, but right. we're still not talking about like, top slice well, I don't, what's wrong with people that shop at target uh, and you're shopping at a big box d- discount retailer but they have everything in one place okay moving you on can, you can get frozen meatballs it's, and, and wash you're dealing clothes. with a giant corporation that could give two shits about you as an employee and you're dealing with a mix of people but probably a good portion of the, the customers that you're dealing with aren't treating you like a person and looking down on you and you're you're just kind of moving listlessly through the store organizing racks and answering random questions nobody actually cares about how your day is going but i think it's not i think really it's any a, thought that's i think it's a certain it. I, I think it's and there's so a certain just, mentality to it though you have to be in the right mentality i don't think i think it's difficult if you make it difficult but if you're in the right mentality and yes the shopper at target probably is there at a convenience and because they're cheap as shit. So when they're there, they're not going to see you as a person. They're going to see you as, you know, a part of the store. And I get that dehumanizing aspect of it, but there's a certain mentality that you have to, that you have to have. Otherwise you're going to find it soul shattering because you're just dealing with this general public Right, but that's what, what what you're seeing in this picture that I'm describing is the soul shattering aspect of it, where some like where pretty much anyone that's worked retail has had a day where it's gotten to them like that person, and that's what the picture captures. And the the reason why I'm talking about this is I'm saying, okay, on one hand, you're working a job where you get to wear comfortable clothes in an air conditioned environment. You don't have to do heavy lifting. You're only there for seven or eight hours. You get 15 minute breaks every two hours or whatever. 
and a hundred years ago, you might've been in a factory with no safety protocols whatsoever for 14 hours. And maybe you got a 15 minute break to have lunch and you'd get yelled at if you had to step away from the line for two minutes to take a leak. But I think the mentality was more so there. People understood that they were a cog in the wheel and that wasn't them, right? That wasn't them. And, and I think there was probably a lot less of people flashing their brand new cars on Instagram, even though they work at Target back then. Right? It would have been but really I, impressive if someone was able to do that 100 years ago. But that's my point is now you have bullshit like that and you feel like you got to keep up with the, with the Joneses. But I like your juxtaposition of somebody being stressed out and feeling soul shattered working at Target in 2000 and whenever that picture was taken and then somebody working in a factory a hundred years ago or you know somebody working the fields 250 years ago yeah or you know building whatever so many years ago I think the other here's another key point and this is one where I'd have to do some research to compare but I think that for the people that are working at Target that are making 850 nine bucks an hour or whatever you can't live on that whereas the people that were working in factories even though the working conditions might have been terrible they were probably getting paid enough that they could support their family so at least they felt like they were i'm not even talking about the cost of living i'm talking about the real wages that they were earning were enough to support themselves and their family so even though they're busting their butts every single day they could come home and know that they earned their keep Whereas if you work at Target for eight fifty an hour, you come home and you're like, I earned enough to have like a meal and a half tank of gas. Well, that's yes, I I completely agree. And Kalea's comment, the mentality doesn't last long. It doesn't last long day in and day out. And, and I get that. Um, and then conscience, uh, conscience, conscience says working with the public is not easy. And I also agree to that. Um, I, you know, I, I didn't have, uh, have I ever had a retail job? I know you've had a retail job. What what was it? Was, would that count as the car rental? Is that effectively retail? No, I didn't think so. What retail job have I had? Is your memory this poor? Oh yeah. I don't remember anything. It was in a mall. Oh Yeah. I didn't really take that job very seriously, though. No, you didn't. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, no, I did not take that job very seriously. And, and uh, um, my mentality when I went into that job was let me work on the weekend so I don't spend money at bars, which at the time really worked. So, um, but I, Temporarily. <laughs> but when I worked at the, at the car rental place in and i lived in south carolina it wasn't so bad because people are much friendlier and you don't see people as often when i worked at the same company but in new york city you're seeing person after person after person people are much less friendly in new york city and they're much ruder (laughs) and there's just a lot more of them so you know for me that really wore on me and uh ultimately i decided to get out of it and i decided i didn't like it but i think that's you know, if you have a job where you're that miserable at, you know, that's you, you got to find something else. And if that means being miserable for a little while, I'd rather be miserable for a little while. Not everyone has the opportunity to be able to just find something else. I would strongly disagree. 
I would strongly disagree. And if that means you got to take some classes or go to school or do some type of internship. What if you can't afford school? I'm sure. What if, you, you, what if right now your rent is such that you can't afford to quit your job? Because as soon as you do, you will immediately be behind on rent. Then you need let to alone pay tuition somewhere. Then and this is where I'm getting at, and and uh, I'll play a game with you in a minute. But this is where you have to figure out where you want to be miserable. Does that mean moving into back into your parents' house, what or if does parent, it mean you don't have your what, parents? And 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 we're gonna play this game in a minute. But what if that means finding another apartment with a smaller bedroom with more roommates? Because you're gonna you're gonna either it's 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 either you're gonna do this for the next sixty years or you're gonna make a change. You got to figure out where you want to make that change. You can be miserable for eight hours a day at work or and come home and watch Netflix, most likely. Or you could figure out where else you're able to take a little more misery, put in a little more work to change your, your situation. Like I said, if you're looking at certain things as constants, like not like having to stay in your apartment, then that's a constant. If you're looking at things like having to make your car payment, but you have a 2016 or newer car. That, that's your constant, but I don't, I think there's a lot of ways around that, but I also feel like you're playing James. What would you do if I gave you a Lamborghini? Well, I'd drive it. Well, yeah, but what if it was purple? I'd still drive it. Yeah. But what if it was uh, automatic? Um, I'd still drive it because you know what, what? But what if it, what, what if it got flat tires all the time? I feel like we played this game with a certain high school friend. <laughs> That's what I, the point is for those right. of you, you guys who are watching. I'm joking. It's an inside joke between James and I because we have a friend <laughs> that always plays this what if game and the scenario always gets a little more little more dire and that's what yeah. james is, that's what, james what, I, what i'm trying to say is situation. that i i don't feel like i'm playing that game because there, there are certain people out there where like if they have kids and they have there there's a minimum amount that you need to make every single day to be able to just feed your kids and put a roof over them even if you have roommates and if quitting your job or taking less hours means that you're going to be below that threshold, then you're stuck. I don't, and I don't, it doesn't I don't matter think... how miserable, how miserable you're willing to make yourself that there's a certain point at which you're not going to be able to get ahead because you're not going to be able to afford the costs that are required to make it to the next level. And Everybody in the comments right now is agreeing with me, and you have to acknowledge the, the rare set of circumstances that that portends. Uh, and the other one from Clay is what about people who are convicted felons? Now, a convicted felon who's working at Target is probably somebody who also could have p taken up a trade, and rather, rather than making $9.36 an hour, could be making $70 an hour doing plumbing uh, you know, or, or working in a mechanic shop. Um, and yeah, sure. It takes, you know, it, it's, you got to pick up this trade, but you also just spend a lot of time in jail. So, you know, I think, I think you, I would not be surprised if there were a lot of plumbers or mechanics who were previously convicted felons. I'm um, not, sh I'm not shitting have, in those professions, but uh, I'm just, I have a yeah. client, um, that, that it's a small company. He owns it. It's a plumbing company and he's got one employee and the employee is a, like a former felon. But Wait a second. So I, so I, I just out of thin air pulled a exactly true scenario. Okay. Yeah. All right. But, but like the dude is out of prison and turned his life around. And like from my conversations with the client, the dude's a great worker. 
and he pays him fairly and but not everybody has those opportunities and so you have to look and say what are we doing for the people that can't get there that don't have those opportunities how do we try and give them the oppor- how do we give them the opportunities that they would not be able to achieve no matter how hard they try on their own well nobody's going to be able to become a mechanic without a lot of hard work and a lot of learning you said, what are you talking about giving opportunity? The opportunity is there. It's right, how opportunistic I, like, or resourceful the person is. There are many, many resources outside of working at Target that someone can do if they want to better themselves. And I promise you, I, I, I could almost, I, I'd love to do a survey of people that, that work lousy jobs and feel trapped and gauge that off the number of hours of TV that they watch every day. Because I, I will saying, bet you, I'll bet you with the higher propensity of feeling trapped, there's a higher propensity to be watching TV. There, there may be. But what I'm saying is that it, it's not as black and white as you're making it. But it which depends. is another odd thing for me to say, because I'm usually the black and white guy. Uh... But I don't know, like seeing that picture made me think back to my times working retail. And I've had two main retail jobs. One was when I was in college working at a small soccer shop in Albany, New York, where I was given a lot of freedom. And I love that job. And yeah, a I lot moved. of freedom. Yeah. Like I, I had work to do and I was held accountable for the work that I did, but I had a lot of freedom for my bosses and it, it was a good job. And then I moved down to South Carolina and I started working at Dick sporting goods, which was in many ways, the same job but it was highly corporate and I didn't get to make any of my own decisions. I didn't have much autonomy. I didn't have much freedom. And I lasted there for three months before I quit. Uh, those of you who'd like to, we've enabled a call in feature. So I'll have uh, have Rosh in the Instagram, uh, send you guys the number, but if you text 212-239-1839, you'll get a message back with how to call in and you can ask any questions that you guys uh, that you guys may have, whether it's about uh, ghosting or about working minimum wage at retail places. Um, yeah, going back a little bit, Lisa, Lisa was saying, um, like having to wear a mask all day would get annoying. I can see that. Like, well, that's uh, that would be. Uh, I saw a guy at the garage today, and he was in a glass box taking payments uh, electronically through the window, and he was wearing a mask and I just thought if I was in a glass box, like he had four glass walls around him. I wonder what the ventilation is in those things. Uh, but yeah, exactly. But Cause I, like, I imagine, imagine being the guy who has to like when you switch shifts or whatever, and now you're stepping into a glass box that's been sealed for the last eight hours with nothing but the previous dude's BO. Yeah. Well, there's a comment on TikTok that says like, I take advice from a bald head. Um, interesting comment. I just wanted to draw attention to that one. Uh, needed, needed to get heard. Um, if you are balding, I could give you some advice whether you should shave your head or not. Um, I would say just stop balding. Yeah, that's, it's really easy. It's just, it's obviously just like working at target. You're trapped. Worked for me. (laughs) Um, all right. So what I want to touch on, what I want to touch on, and we've been we've been uh, around the block and back. But yeah, I want to actually. This is one of our more focused episodes, believe it or not. <laughs> I wanted to talk about the hacking because it's 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 happened again. Um, yeah, yeah. I'll let you read the, the last comment there. Uh, um, I kind of want a link. 
<laughs> uh, James would like you to share your your link if you want to want to send it. James will be a subscribing member. Uh, that way, you don't have to worry about uh, retail jobs. Uh, what are you drinking, by the way? I, I didn't ask you. Cuddy Shark and some boxed wine. Mm, they mix well, yeah. I'm not mixing them together. <laughs> uh, try to wear it. Well, yeah. So a lot of a lot of people. So there's just a comment. Try to wear the N95 for 12 hours. But obviously, people in the nursing and doctor field, they're wearing masks nonstop. They were doing the that time. years ago. They've been they've been doing it for a very long time. So I mean, I, it, it's not terrible, but you're also signing up for that when you become a nurse or doctor, or you work in the medical field, you're not signing up for it when you work at a, in a parking garage. <laughs> yeah. Know, it's you, like if, if I were at my job right now, I work in accounting for any of you who haven't been paying attention. If my bosses were to come in and take a toddler and put it on my desk and say, you're going to need to change this diaper. I'm going to say, I quit. Cause that's not what I signed up for. But if I worked yeah. at a daycare, then yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to end up wrist deep in poop a couple times a day. Oh God, I don't wrist deep or just having poop on your wrist. I don't, I, I, I don't know. The point is that like every job comes with its own set of occupational hazards. Mine is mostly paper cuts. Yeah. Do you get a lot of paper cuts? No, oh. maybe once or twice a year. Mm. I'll just file a worker's comp and take a week off. <laughs> um, that would be the soccer player reaction to the paper. cuts. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So, uh, I just, I want to, I want to, I want to talk about being hacked because I think this is phenomenally an exciting time to just be in the world that, uh, one of the large, I assume it's one of the, I think they do the majority of the meat in the U S JBF or JBS is a beef plant. Okay. And, and they've been, so we had the, the, the pipeline, the oil pipeline that was hacked by a hacker group that held them for ransom, basically telling them they'd they're going to fuck with their system until they paid them a certain amount of money. And they, paid and the they money. did. They paid the money um, like five million bucks. And now which does not seem like enough money to me, but whatever, uh, I guess. But I think they wanted it to be a low enough amount of money that they would just pay it. So um, now we have hackers that have seized control of the beef plants in the US and I think also in Australia, but, but mainly in the US and our meat is being held for ransom. What are your, what are your thoughts on that? Do you, are you aware of this? Tangentially. Okay. Uh, what are your thoughts on our meat being, held? Uh, you know, I, I was thinking maybe uh, PETA was connected to it, but no, obviously not. No, they're not competent enough. <laughs> Uh, uh, I, the way I look at it is any company that has systems vul like sufficiently vulnerable that a single hack can bring down their entire operation, I, I have very limited sympathy for. But everything is run. Your entire company right now could be hacked because everything you do is, is digital. There's no how. What do you have for a paper trail that you can track back? Well, we've got tons of paper in the office. <laughs> okay. Would you happen to have your last, your client, any of your clients last year tax returns in paper form? Probably not. Okay. Um, here's, and here's, so I'll tell you, I'll tell you the layers of security that our firm has. You probably because, shouldn't tell us on air. No, I can tell you, I can tell you exactly what it is because it's not jeopardizing anything. 
is um, all all of our all of our um, technology is hosted um, through Amazon Web Services. So it's it's held on Amazon servers through the mm -hmm. cloud. Mm -hmm. And in order for us to access like my work desktop, I can access from anywhere through remote desktop connection. Mm -hmm. And so in order for me to be able to log in, I need to know my I need to know the server name, my username and my password. When I try and log in, I'll get two factored where I'll get a text message that I have to enter within like five minutes. Well, the two factor, the two factor authentication is definitely a good layer of protection. But and so not only do I do you have to know three pieces of information and also have my phone to be able to log in through my connection, but we also have three separate servers running at any one point that are backed up every single night. So if anything were to ever happen, whether it's by accident where somebody deletes something that they shouldn't have or we were to actually get hacked, um, first of all, the hack gets detected pretty quickly. So like as soon as the hack's detected, like basically the server kind of locks everything out so you can't change anything else. But let's just imagine that they were to hack everything and they just wanted to either steal stuff or delete stuff. Um, they'd already have to pass those three, those three things. But we would be able to recover our, our servers to whatever like the 1 a.m. instance was the night mm -hmm. before or whatever time they do the backups. So our firm, it, we might be set back a day when we have to call up our technology consulting company and say, hey, you, we need you to restore our servers to their backup from last night. Sure, but you're, So we'd lose a, a, at most a one hours. day's worth of yeah. work. And at but, most we would be down for a day. So let's just say that at worst case scenario, we're, we're down a sum total of two days. Okay. Yeah. But I think, I think that you guys are a small enough firm that you're able to have a pretty good uh, tight hold on what's happening. The, this process, the way the, the, the systems that we have in place is 100% scalable. Sure. But I don't know. I feel like there's got to be somewhere around it. And I think at a bigger scale, there's a lot more moving parts. There are, but what I'm saying is that for critical processes, for critical controlling functions, you can design security processes that are in line with the importance of what they're protecting. So like on our, in our office, we have all of our, everybody has a local computer that has local files. Mm -hmm. And then we've got the cloud that everyone uses the local computer to log into. Well, just like any, just like any place, most of the right. files you're working with these days now are not saved locally. So the, there's the probably very little, there's probably very little on your physical local computers. Right. So the, the, the files that are on the local computer are not protected all that well, but there's virtually nothing of use on the local computer in order to be able to log in to the cloud. You're going to have to go through all the steps I just listed. So yeah, we, we make it progressively more and more difficult to get to more and more important information. Sure. But I, I definitely feel like it's way easier now than it was even five years ago. But I imagine 12 years ago, it would be, I mean, there was no cloud. There, the, the idea of cloud computing 12 years ago was just very small and not, it was like on the cusp. Yeah, it was It was like the internet in the very early 90s. Like people weren't <laughs> yeah. running their businesses on it. So, and, and you know, 
three decades later, everything's in the cloud. Not that very little is being stored locally. Um, and I think it's, I think, you know, that aspect of it is I mean, my, my thinking was always like, what if people like bombed the servers? <laughs> like that would be, well, the thing is that your data is not stored in just one server farm. So let's just say Amazon has servers in New York, Atlanta, Dallas, Seattle, and San Diego. Chances are, if you've got stuff with Amazon Web Services, you've probably got your backup saved in three out of those six or seven cities that I just listed. So in order for you to wipe out someone's data hosted in the cloud, if you're with any reputable provider, then they're going to need to be able to target multiple data centers simultaneously. Well, you're saying it's backed up in multiple locations. There's multiple backups. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. All right. Well, uh, but what do you, well, how do you think this beef, this beef thing is going to play out? You think they're just going to pay like right away? Just, just like the oil guys did after a few days? Or do you think um, uh, you think I don't you're going to have a little hold up? Because one, my background's not in cybersecurity, because it depends on how hard is it going to be for them to rebuild their systems and basically just circumvent the hack and say, all right, you shut this down, but I'm just going to build a bridge around it. Or just like say, you know what? Screw it. We lost that server's data. We'll just buy a new server and it'll be all right. Or if the damage is severe enough, they might pay the hackers. Well, the problem with paying the hackers that is, is that it incentivizes them to do it in the future. Exactly. I feel like, I feel like there's, there's a good chance we may have a vegetarian summer. Uh, no, there's some not. Funky, some, I mean, but, but we, there were places that were dead out of gas uh, yeah, two but weeks the, ago. The reason for places being dead out of gas was not because the pipeline shut down. It was, it was because, because people like idiots fucking panicked. But what, same shit could happen with the beef. And there's already places that are not getting their, their meat deliveries this week after a big weekend of people buying all the meat to barbecue. Yeah. You know what? And and it's not like, it's not meat hits, hits the grocery store shelves very quickly. Um, I was, I was have a long shelf life. That's my point. So it's not, I was reading about uh, really Toyota modernizing. It's called just in time manufacturing where you don't have a big stockpile of inventory because it gets clunky and slows things down having the extra inventory. tons of businesses use that yeah so with with produce and with fresh foods they move very very quickly so they can run out very very quick faster than toyota has to buy nuts and bolts well, yeah anything in the food services industry like the idea of just-in-time inventory to them is like, yeah, we've been doing that for years. Like we've been doing that for centuries, really. Yeah, well, that's, but I just, I, I had this funny thought in my head that the, the 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 farms are just overrun with cows because they can't stop the, the, yeah. the cow process but down. Also, but I'm thinking, no, I'm, compare, I'm telling you, I like think a this... beef shortage versus a gas shortage. How long can you go without eating beef? The answer is infinite. <laughs> how long can you go in your life without using gasoline and the answer there is it's definitely n- not infinite <clears throat> no i mean some people can but like society will grind to a halt much faster if you can't get gasoline and diesel fuel than if one of the many aspects of our nutritional base disappears yeah i was listening today about how our Enti- almost the entire U.S. electrical grid is built 
Uh, and people think electricity is clean, but it's all built on fossil fuel consumption. <clears throat> um, coal and natural gas primarily. Yeah, but uh, coal, natural gas, there's some gasoline. But the coal is interesting because it's not like we, they don't use coal the way that we use coal. You, you know, you grill coal and you have a piece of charcoal and it stays hot and produces heat. They basically grind the coal into a fine dust and it's instantly heated and, um, it, you know, there's no coal left after that. So it's, they, they go through coal very quickly uh, and differently than you would imagine that coal would be used in that, in that industry. It doesn't matter. You're still burning something to get heat to generate steam to drive a turbine. Yes, to to provide electricity, which right the, tur the turbine's connected to a generator, which uses rotational energy to turn into electricity. To, to turn into electricity. So, uh, I mean, I, I I just I didn't think about it, uh, and I I mean I've I was aware of it, but I just never really thought about it until today that our entire electric grid is based on burning fuels it's yeah. shifting slowly well it is nuclear is taking up a little bit more um wind turbines hydroelectric where in in areas where it's feasible yeah no and that's and that's that's very true but it's shifting very slowly um and interrupting those supplies those supply lines could really fuck with the united states who could fuck with a lot of the world i just i was i was realizing how fuckable a lot of the systems that we have in place are and the idea of not having barbecues with meat this summer actually seems like a i mean i'm not worried about it if i just it's gotta, not gonna happen though first but, of all it's only like 20 percent of our supply it's it's a very large percent of the supply 20 no, percent there's still like 80 percent of the people out there still making it but look what happened with gasoline Right, that's because people are stupid, and if, like, people, if people, nobody, it's panic the same bought. group of people. The gas users are the same people as the hot dog eaters. The well, same that's people. true. <laughs> They're the same people. They're the same people also who use toilet paper when they shit out said meat. But yeah, and it's also <laughs> it's probably also the same people that are hoarding ammunition. <laughs> um, it's there's likely a, a pretty severe overlap on. <laughs> but the okay. point is, if people hadn't panic bought gasoline and like filled up plastic bags with gasoline because they thought there was going to be a shortage then there wouldn't have been a shortage and everybody wouldn't be able to just go to the pumps and fill up their car as long as you just use things normally it was the same thing with toilet paper and if you just bought what you needed for whatever period you normally bought for there never would have been a shortage well so much agreed except for meat's not gonna well i don't know i'm, I'm curious to see how this meat thing plays out it's I, kind of a chicken or the egg question, but I would say that meat is less of a necessity than toilet paper. Um, yeah, I would, uh, I would say so. Um, but a lot of people like that weird bidet feature. Which you know not, what? I have to I'm think that really this is with. really just a plot by Big Tofu. Well, <laughs> that that was my thinking. It's like, you know, could PETA be behind this? I I, I really don't think PETA no. would have any interest. I think I actually I think PETA cares less about saving the animals than supporting a sustainable operation that, you know, it's, it's the kind of the argument against like people that are producing cancer treatment rather than cancer solutions. I don't know if any of that's legit, but they, you know, you know what I'm talking about, right? And I say, they don't want to eliminate cancer because then they would lose that entire industry. What they want to do is they want to be able to treat cancer. 
So, yeah. so PETA doesn't want to make everybody vegetarians because then they just go out of business. If you can't be part of the solution, there's money to be had prolonging the problem. That's well put. Thank you for that. Oh, boy. Um, oh, shit. I, I stopped taking notes here. But um, I was I and I have a, I have a note um, that Biden just had like a just a quick comment on. Uh, um, Biden had a comment on the meat situation, and I was wondering what Trump's answer would have been to what happened with the with the meat situation. Something far more entertaining and far less informative. Um, yeah, and no, I think I think he would have been very aggressive towards whoever it was, and he would have really irritated them and made them feel very good about themselves. Where, and somehow where, also taking credit for like the eventual solution of it. But um, I think we're getting the sign from Rosh. Yeah, we, we are. Um, so on that note, we are coming to an end. Thank you guys for joining us. Thank you for listening to our conversation about ghosting and our conversation about the beef. Ghost meat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The, the beef is uh, evaporating. Um, but we're out of here. So thank you guys for joining. Thank you guys for critiquing and being dicks on the uh, TikTok stream. That was very, uh, that was very sweet of you. Yeah. We're now up to 107 hours that we won't get back again. Um, it's more than that, actually. Yeah. The election night podcast was like five. Yeah, I know. Um, but I'm I'm happy. Uh, happy we got to talk about the meat. I'm curious. We'll have to we'll have to see where the meat stands next episode because I. I, I wonder how the meat industry deals with it differently than the gasoline industry. And at this point, nobody is, is, you know, running the meat off the shelves. So we will see what happens over the, over the next week. All right. We are out of here. Until next time. Adios. Right, what are your predictions? Are you thinking a meatless summer or uh, you think we're going to get through some of these hacks? Cause I think they just started Had nothing to do with it saying I think they just started I think it's only gonna get worse thanks for uh, coming see you next time I like PBR I just got priced out of it